What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. First off, giant congratulations goes out to Houston Heat for winning the Mid-Atlantic Major, toppling the last event's winner of uh, Edmonton Impact. And uh, crazy field, man. There's, uh, I, I like how fast it was. I liked how, the, how high the scores were. Um, it was cool. It was fun to watch. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, there was, man, there, I, w- I was reading up on, um, some social medias and man, the NXL was taking some heat, no pun intended for the winners, but they were taking some heat on that, uh, on that grass, man, or lack thereof. But yeah, you know, I see both sides on uh, on that whole issue. Um, you know, the the paying customer expects a product, uh, but then I also know what it's like being on the other end, where expectations are uh, are not met, and you really have your hands tied. So <clears throat> I understand what it's like, you know, on both sides, and uh, and it's just tough. It's a t- tough position to be in. Luckily. You know, as uh, all paintball players, uh, competitive paintball players normally do, uh, we overcome and we just, you know, somebody's got to win the event. So we buckle down and go to work. And, um, you know, I say the same thing when it comes to, like, when it rains. Uh, It sucks. Like, I will be the first one to admit that I completely despise playing in the rain. I mean, it's just, it it blows, you know, on top of your gear getting wet and paint swelling and it just, you know, having the droplets on your, uh, on your, your lenses and everything, it sucks. But in the end, you know, somebody, one team is going to stand amongst the rest and, uh, and stand above and stand out. So somebody's got to do it. Um. So yeah, congratulations to Houston Heat uh, and and Tyler, his first event with uh, with Heat, and I believe it's it's Todd's as well coaching. I mean, it's the stars aligned, and Fedorov came back, and uh, and yeah, everybody played played really good. They did get beat by level up uh, by Columbus level, which is another interesting thing. But um, those guys are uh, those guys are working their ass off too, and there's a lot of teams out there that are working their ass off, man. Aftermath uh, had a showing, um, you know, and and there was there were a, a decent amount of upsets and uh, some teams that were surprisingly, you know, knocked out early and just you know that's paintball, I guess, you know. It, Tournament paintball is a uh, is a funny thing, you know. You you never really know who's going to show up. Uh, I mean, granted, you know that the the top teams or you know what top eight are normally going to be the same, give or take three. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was exciting nonetheless. But uh, enough of my gap. I. Um, I'm very excited to, uh, you know, about this podcast. The audio wasn't great, but you know that's that's fine, man. We uh, we got through, and I think uh, I think it was a great conversation, and I think that 
this this gentleman has been a huge impact on not only myself in the game, but also also just you know the game in general, man, and 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 the the teams that he's harvested and created have been uh, you know forced to be reckoned with, and uh, it's the, some of the players that have come out of the camps. Uh, that he has led have been incredible and uh, stars. So, yeah, I'm just uh, super excited to talk to him, and uh, it was a great conversation. And I think very highly of Ed, and uh, I think a lot of people do. And uh, and I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. So here it is. Here is my chat with Ed Poorman. So what's up, man? How you been? Good. Excellent. Excellent. I've been very good. I was curious. What do you want to talk about? You know, I mean, current events, old school stories. Um, I mean, honestly, you know, uh, I. What would you love to talk about? I would. I, I, I'd love ahead. to talk about everything. I mean, I really, okay. I, I would love to dig into how you discovered. Um, paintball in general how it came uh you know uh owning a team came about how owning a field how owning a brand came about and um really starting just back in the beginning and i mean because there were so many different uh you would like to pick my brain i would love to pick your brain i would actually love for this to be in person actually because well you know i I mean nebraska is not that far away right in the middle of the country right yeah you're right in the middle of the middle of the country is the middle of nowhere (laughs) There's like, well, you know, it's the middle of the United States. At one time, this city, this small little city of Kearney, it was proposed to be the capital of the United States. Really? Yes, before Washington, D.C. Because it was central. I'm glad that they didn't do that. Yeah, and, and I love I love this little town. You know, I mean, I've been asked multiple times why I haven't moved to California or Florida or wherever, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of love Nebraska. Where are you originally from? Nebraska? No, I'm I'm from Illinois. I was born in Illinois, but uh, we moved around a lot. My dad was a college professor, and, you know, looking for work. And, so my sister was born in Colorado. I was born in Illinois. Uh, we moved around a lot. We lived in Kansas for a while. And he got a teaching position at Kearney State Teachers College here. And uh, so we moved here, and then it became uh, Kearney State College, which is what it was when I went to school up here. Mm-hmm. And then it, then it turned into uh, UNK, University of Nebraska at Kearney. So. But, yeah, all my family was here. You know, my mom, my dad, yeah, my sister, my uh, nephew, my kids. My daughter doesn't live here, but everybody else lives here. My <laughs> grandkids. Yeah, she she's in San Diego, but uh, everybody else lives here. So, you know, that's kind of cool. And I can't leave them. I mean, you know, I'd be abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so what was what was it like? Uh, growing up here and how did how did paintball kind of work its way into uh, your life well 
you know, it was later on in life. Um, you know, I didn't start early like you guys did. You know, I wasn't, uh, you know, thrown into it when I was a kid. Um, I was an adult. I already had started a business. I started my first business in Denver and met my wife there. And uh, it was a retail printing business. And we were doing okay, but when I got married, I, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm married now. I, I got to provide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was it was great for a single guy, but it wasn't great for a family. So uh, I started thinking about it. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I ought to talk to my folks about moving home and specializing, you know, doing something different than just retail printing. So uh, we got into uh, wholesale printing. We were printing for printers all over the country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they helped me out. They let me move into their building until I got on my feet, which took about six months. And then I bought my own building and uh, moved, moved all my equipment there. And, uh, you know, the business grew. I mean, you know, it grew like wildfire. It was really good. You know, I mean, I really enjoyed it. But I was like golfing. I'm not a golfer. I hate golf. Uh, I was a fisherman, and I did love fishing. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I bought multiple boats. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was always always out on the lake. And some buddies of mine, um, older guys, professionals, doctors, lawyers, uh, dentists, uh, car salesmen, they were all like, "You should come and play paintball." This was like in. You know, 85, 86. Oh, geez. I was being born at this point. Oh, uh-huh. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, you know, they were they were begging me to come out and play. And I was like, well, okay, you know, great. I will do it. But uh, it took a while. You know, I mean, they kept begging me, and I was fishing all the time. So mm-hmm. I was sitting at home. Well, I wasn't sitting at home. I just got back from the lake, and I was flaying walleye out the driveway with my brother we just got back from the lake and uh a dentist buddy of mine showed up uh, doc doc bush steve bush and he's like you're going and i was like i got a walleye to play <laughs> and he's my brother was like don't worry about it i got it covered and uh so uh, you know uh, i jumped in the car he goes i got bdus for you you know mm-hmm. So we went out and played, and I played that Sunday. That was a Sunday afternoon. And then I played the following Wednesday, and I played the following Saturday, and I played the following Sunday. I was just hooked. You know, I, mean, I had a blast. It was, uh, it was so much fun, and, and uh, I never looked back. What was it about paint? What, what was it about the game itself that was so attractive and addictive to you to where it hooked you right away i don't know i was really good at it <laughs> it came naturally <laughs> yeah it came naturally i mean you know uh i kind of freaked out the very first game because i shot this guy that was running at me and we were playing with bell spots 007s you know yeah that's all we had back then and and permanent paint you know i mean uh, oil-based paint Ooh. and and i drilled this guy you know he was running towards me and all we were back then was shop goggles. You I was going to say I mean, just goggles only, probably. Yeah, shop, shop goggles. goggles. <laughs> Not JPs, just shop goggles. And I smoked him in the face, and mm. he went down like a brick, you know? I mean, just boom. And I was like, 
whoa and he's like oh my god you shot me in the eye and i was oh, like geez. oh freaked out you know? i was like oh my god i'll never play this game again and then i realized you know i didn't really shoot him in the eye he got a little bit of paint on his face mm-hmm. and, and it's oil based you know i mean i bet it did sting oh yeah and uh kind of freaked him out he never came back out but <laughs> you know after the guys told me hey quit quit freaking out you didn't kill him you know yeah. he's okay it's fun, and uh, yeah, they they invited me back on Wednesday, so I came back on Wednesday. And then they said we're playing again on Saturday. I went back on Saturday, and played on Sunday. I started playing about three days a week right away, and wow. uh, you know I just I had a blast. It was so much fun. But you know back then it was like you know we got our paint from the vet. Yeah, <laughs> veterinary veterinarian in nebraska had the paint Came it was cattle ranchers like, right wasn't there something like original yeah 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 that, yeah well i think the original thing was yeah guys were marking trees but cattle guys were using it too to mark sick cattle yeah and, uh the veterinarians had uh like cigar tubes that were like metal cigar tubes mm-hmm. and that held 10 paintballs and they were oil-based wow my like my 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 007 because i bought one right away um, it, it never, the inside of it was totally powder blue because you broke paint in that thing. You couldn't get it out. You had to, you had to clean yourself off with turpentine and stuff. Yeah. So it was fun, but it didn't last long. I mean, pretty quick. We got into, uh, you know, uh, uh, water-based, uh, paint wasn't mm-hmm. that long. And then we found Nelson, which was like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And then Cal Mag, Cal Mag came out with little 250 round boxes. So if you bought a box for yourself, you were like loaded for bear. Oh yeah, you know, I bet. You had so many paintballs. You know, <laughs> I got 250 rounds. You guys are in so much trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was fun. You know, I mean, I I just had a lot of fun, and and uh, you know, we uh, kind of formed a team after a while, and which was Ropers Raiders, a buddy of mine that I still know to this day. And uh, we started playing around Nebraska at events that were like the state championship. And we started, we, we didn't win the first one, but we won the second time and we won the third time and we won the fourth time. So, uh, you know, it was fun. And, uh, you know, that was about the only tournaments we did was the state. And if we could find something else, you know, that was closed, Colorado or something, we'd go to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then they came out with the Excalibur series, which I know you have no clue what that is. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a series that said that if you won first, second, uh, first or second, maybe even third in your state, you could go to a six-state regional tournament. And uh, we won state. And um, so we went to the six state regional tournament that was in, at Wisconsin Dells at a place called Stalker Paintball up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And we won that. And so then we got you know, free paintballs to go play at the national event in Vegas. Mm. And uh, Which had to have been a big deal for you guys at the time. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, uh, you know, we had heard of Bob Long. We'd seen him on uh, APG and stuff like that, magazines. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys on the team were huge Bob. So, oh my God, they, could, they were thrilled when we got to uh, go to that that Excalibur League event. It was 1991, and uh, we got to shoot Bullseye because that's what the Ironman shot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I was like, you know, we got there and, and they left this paint out in the desert at night. <laughs> it froze. It was just terrible, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was the first year we were using uh, Tipman 68 Specials, which was mm-hmm. Tipman's first semi-auto. And uh, we couldn't get a ball out of it, you know? And there were no trees on the field. Not a, not a tree. And we're used to playing in Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, you know, in the woods. And uh, so right. we got just thoroughly thrashed. We just got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, where do you go? There's no place to hide. There's yeah. nothing to do. Uh, but we did. We beat one team there. Um, we only beat a couple of teams, and one of them was uh, Washington Evergreen. That's where I met Jeremy Song. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we beat them. He was really mad. <laughs> I can't see that. Can't see <laughs> that happening. He was extremely mad. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. We did beat them. Um, it was a funny game because back then they had such stupid rules, but we were. We started the game, you know, just these little hills and stuff. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, I went up to the top of this hill, and I could see these three guys running at me. So I started just, you know, trying to lay down the thing. Yeah. And they scattered, but it was just like loose gravel on top of these dirt mounds. One of them slipped and broke his leg. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So they stopped the game, right? Nobody could move. I'm up on the top of this little hill. I'm like, I can't move. <laughs> I can't hide. I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so they called an ambulance and they, they, uh, you know, it took like 45 minutes. They called an ambulance, they get him out there, they cart him off the field, and then they put somebody in for him. Oh. I was like, no way, dude. He's out. <laughs> so wait, they had you guys wait 45 minutes, not move, not do anything, stay on the field until they stretch him off, and then reinsert somebody in, and then say, okay, go ahead. Did they get, I'm assuming they gave him paint and all this other you know all this other shit I, yeah, to play know, the I game guess, yeah. so you know i mean at the when they started the game i just said oh the heck with this and i ran down the field i don't i i think i probably got shot a few times running out there <laughs> i still ran all the way down there and shot a whole lot of people <laughs> <laughs> and that's i think what jeremy was complaining about because yeah. we did one but i was really kind of irritated <laughs> oh yeah i mean i would I would assume so. Jeez. So, so when was when did the initial talks of starting Avalanche become a thing? How how far into your paintball endeavor were you before that was actually a, uh, a talk? Well, that was a little bit because after Vegas, after that event, my my teammates were done. They were older than me, and I'm old. So, mm. uh, they were older than me. Well, at and... this time, how old were you? Well, you know, it was 91, so I'm 60, almost 63. I'll be 63 in a week. So, I don't know. You figure it out. You do that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But I, uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I uh, had already started work, and, but it was called Splat City at the time, mm-hmm. Splat City Paintball. And, uh, you know, I was just hanging out and, and trying to play as much paintball as I could even though the team had fallen apart pretty much. Uh, we still went to a couple of tournaments. We went to the Amateur Open, and we had a new name. We went to Challenge Cup. We called ourselves Das Undertakers. Everybody thought we were doing I was like, this is fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I met Phil Dominguez there, which was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
you know, we went to the amateur open. We did stuff, but it wasn't the whole team anymore. It was, you know, we're just trying to get by. And then uh, LaSoya happened to be driving through the state because he lived in Colorado Springs. His grandmother lived in Iowa. And so he was driving through, uh, you know, and we had played them before in a tournament in Colorado. And we beat them, but we lost the tournament. They won the tournament easy. Mm. And uh, he, uh, it, was, it was top of the Rockies. It was like up in the mountains. It was like, oh my God, I'm on a boulder. I'm trying to shoot a guy that's on the other side of a boulder, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, unbelievable. <laughs> it's really low dumb. But, uh, yeah, we played, and, uh, you know, so we met, you know, and uh, he took off from there, went and visited his grandma. And a couple of months later, uh, he called me up, and he said, hey, man, we're missing a guy on Easy Company. Um, would you consider coming and playing with us? Uh, in Dallas, uh, the second MPPL, and I said, you know, this was the second MPPL ever. Hmm. And I said, sure, why not? You know, so I met him down there, and I had a really good tournament. I had a great tournament. And all those guys were like, oh, you should stay with us, you know, and so I did. But, yeah, we, uh, we uh, you know, that's back when amateur, we played like six prelim games. And three of them were against pro teams, and three were against amateur teams. Yeah. We beat two out, we beat two out of the three pro teams there that event and the only team we lost to was aftershock and it came down to a one-on-one with soya against uh somebody else mm-hmm. uh i can't remember who it was and there was a big fight uh <laughs> so i got punched in the face oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know th- this was back in the days when you didn't say anything to aftershock unless you wanted to get punched in the face paintball was a lot so, different back then oh yeah my goodness yeah it was and it lasted a long time. I remember Reddick tried to kill me once. <laughs> <laughs> Only once? Not, not actually try to kill me, but he swung his gun at me, and uh, that tank was on the other end of it. It just barely missed me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we were standing. We were standing in the dead box against each other. You know, and I think it was in Nashville or something. It was a crazy time. Jeez. But, you know, I mean, it's all good fun. I, I'm friends with Rennick. I'm friends with, uh, you know, most of the guys in the world. There's a few guys that don't like me. Now, I don't know why. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> know why either. Um, I, I, I was always curious at Avalanche's story of um, their rise to the top because I feel like there's it's always these talks. I mean, there's always these talks of, of Iron Man, Aftershock, uh, and I feel like, all yeah. yeah, all the Americans, top, the, the top three, the top three. Right. Well, you know, it was, um, I think it was like 94. Um, we were, we were playing as easy company and, uh, we weren't winning, you know, and we weren't making semis, which mm-hmm. was really hard on the guys. I mean, cause I was going out to Colorado, uh, for practice every weekend. And I had another buddy with me, a guy, kid that worked for me, Mikey Bennett. And so we were the two Nebraska guys on the team. You know? And uh, we'd drive out to Colorado Springs. Well, it's close to Colorado Springs, halfway between Denver and Colorado Springs. For practice every weekend, and it's like 55 miles an hour. And so <laughs> instead of being a five-hour drive, it's like a seven-hour drive, you know, every oh, weekend. And yeah. it was kind of brutal, you know. But we go out there, and we practice, and it was tough on the guys. And they, they, uh, they asked me to take over and 
at the same time, we had another guy on the team that wanted to take over, and he came up with the name Avalanche. And I was like all about it. I think mean, it's kind of cool. And he said, hey, if we become Avalanche, Quarters will sponsor us. Well, that was not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good ploy, though. But it was good, you know. And, you know, at, at one point he told me perception was reality, which kind of reminds me of politics today. You know, about right. <laughs> just because you say it's real doesn't mean it's real. <laughs> you know? in, yeah, in your own head, I guess. I guess, yeah. But so anyway. Um, we we finally found out that we weren't sponsored by Cruise, um, but the name stuck. But the name stuck, and the very first event uh, was in San Diego uh, that we were at Avalanche, and we made the we made the finals. You know, so uh, I was happy because that was my goal. I told the guys, "Hey, listen, uh, let's just make the finals, and let's make the pro cut." Because mm-hmm. back then, you had to earn your spot in the pros. You couldn't just say, "Oh, I'm a pro." Right. If I got enough money. You had to earn it. And uh, if you made the pro cut, then you could decide if you wanted to go pro. Well, we weren't ready to go pro, but I, I, I wanted us to make the pro cut. I wanted us to make the semifinals. Well, we didn't win, but we did make the semifinals, and we did make the pro cut. We, we had 600 points out of six games uh, going into, uh, you know, going out of the premium. So, right. And, you know, I told the guys before the next event, I said, hey, we got, we have the same goal, same goal. Let's make, let's make the pro cut and then we'll decide. And that was Pittsburgh. And we made the pro cut and uh, we talked about it and it was about 50 50. Should we go pro or shouldn't we? And so we, <laughs> half the guys were like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And uh, Billy Saransky was on that team. I was just gonna say, who who is Avalanche at this point? Well, it was it was Lasoya and me, and a bunch of guys you probably don't know. And and Billy Saransky, we picked him up for that event. Um, most of the rest of the guys you wouldn't know, you wouldn't recognize, because hmm. it was just us then. You know, I mean, but the guys were, yeah, they were good players. So yeah. Um, I mean, I could tell you their names, but you wouldn't know. And, and they quit playing not long after that. So, um, but anyway, uh, we made the cut. We got 600 points in the prelims. You had to get, if you had a perfect score, you got 100 points. So out of six games, you had 600 points. Yeah. Um, so we were ranked right up there, you know, with the top pro teams. And uh, we made that decision. We, we uh, went to uh, the team that we would knock out of the pros, which was... GBD, Glenn Forrester's team. And uh, he was also our sponsor, Tasso, at the time. We were getting like 10 cases of paint in the vent. You know, that was a big deal to us. You no, know? yeah. He's a paint, you know, woohoo! And I said, hey, man, if you, uh, you turn that into 25 cases of paint, we will not go pro and we will not kick you to the curb. <laughs> okay. And he told us we weren't ready to go pro, we'd suck. And I just said, okay. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we went pro. And we took third that event. We did not win, but we took third. And uh, the team started to change, you know. I mean, we picked up guys. I guess Phil Dominguez was part of that team. We had picked up Phil. There's a lot of guys that you wouldn't recognize. Mm-hmm. But the team started to change a lot. Yeah. And I knew, you know, right away that we needed 
if we were going to continue to succeed and win, we had to have better players. It's not, I didn't love all the guys who were on the team. Yeah. But like any sports team, you have to, you know, you have to try and get better. And that's part of it. And it's hard because it always came down to me saying, hey, dude, uh, you got to go. Yeah. And, buddy, we really want you. You know, so, um, you know what's like, I picked you up. <laughs> I, I recruited you, you know, and uh, but you all the, all of your iterations of of Avalanche were just loaded um, with just top level players. I mean, every every single iteration. Well, I'm pretty good at judging talent. You know, I I remember um, when honestly uh, when, when those guys were just little kids and we were practicing out in California all the time, and uh, they would beg. To play, you know. I mean, hey man, give us, give us a game, give us a game. We're like, okay, well, we're almost done playing these guys, and when we get done, we'll give you a game or so. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, look at where that, you know, they turned it. They were the, you know, I might have started something, but they really took over. Yeah. And squad play, but and you know, I I learned right away that that most of because they they were all playing with cockers and we were all playing with cockers. Our cockers all worked. Most of theirs didn't. <laughs> and I remember Angel. Remember Angel that played for Dynasty? For Goza? Awesome kid. Oh, my God. Amazing. That kid, could, that, that kid could play with a busted, no-working cocker that would only shoot every fifth time. And he was shooting us. And I was like, oh, my God, this kid's really good. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'd say died. he's one of the most underrated Dynasty players to ever play. I, I would oh, say God. I would say I wouldn't even say dynasty players. I would say one of the best players to ever play the game, who is the one of the most underrated. Well, yeah, in that position, he really was. Oh, yes, mean, for yeah, sure. He's just awesome. But yeah, I, I remember uh, later on, you know, after we had become uh, WDP's number one team, I took Jed Green, the owner of WDP, over to. Right after they became Dynasty, I took him over to a field they were playing on. I said, you got to watch this kid. His name is Angel. You know, I mean, you make an angel. This kid is awesome. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they picked those guys up that event. You know, So, so you're the reason uh, why Dynasty was shooting angels. Well, you know, I helped that along. I helped it along because, you know, at the time, I wanted to surround myself, you know, my sponsors with this top-level talent, too. Right. You know, I mean, that was part of my job, you know, as as being uh, uh, head of the team, owner of the team. I was owner of the team by then, you know, is promote my sponsors and make sure that, you know, they were always highlighted. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I could see those kids were, there was going to be no stopping those kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were really good. And, uh, yeah, to my detriment, because it wasn't long after that that they were the number one WDP team and I was number two. <laughs> or number three or number four you know i mean joy division was one of their top teams too mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it was it was uh but you know what uh i did my job they they were a good team and they were a good representative for wdp oh so. yeah for sure um when when did warp sports kind of make its way uh into into light because there was i mean what i not remember the, not, the, not the same time as avalanche you yeah know? i mean I, that's pretty we became more sports. So. I was driving home from uh, from practice, uh, and my wife had actually gone with me and hung out with because I have family out in Denver. 
and she hung out with family and we were driving back uh, for practice one weekend and we were just I was throwing names around and going, hey, what do you think of work? You know, work sports. She's like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. <laughs> so we changed the name, and uh, and then we really started, you know, getting into paintball. But, you know, I mean, at, at that point, it was just kind of a sideline for me because I was still running my printing business. Yeah. And I ran that until, I ran that printing business until 2010. And, you know, that, uh, hmm. so, you know, yeah. it was really... It's where I made most of my money. Was in printing, not paper. But uh, <laughs> well, it's crazy too but, because I think about all of the the warped. Um, I remember warp sports and all of the warped markers that were made, and those were kind of for me. Those were like the first offset of stock markers that I thought really stood out to me. Were all of the well, all the markers? Was there was there ever? Correct me if I'm wrong, and I, could, I I might be just having a brain fart. But was there ever a warped intimidator? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did a dark tin. Hey, that's right. It was called a dark. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Everything was dark. dark yep. Dark Angel was the first one, and lions because you know I mean it sounds kind of cool. Well, and that had I remember that one having like the uh, the flame kind of C and C on the yeah, side yeah. with the with first the warped just, jewel yeah. um, of yeah. the the little devil horned guy on the side the first one was just teardrops you know i mean machining has come a long way mm-hmm. you know? but yeah there were teardrops in the first one and then we started doing flames and then we started cutting them up i think one of our first ones was kind of a predecessor to the dragon you know I mean, yeah everybody thought that was we started cutting that thing up pretty good so and i remember going to uh birmingham England, you know flying out there to help do the design on on and it was fun you know yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun going out there and hanging out and i wasn't doing it you know i'm a cad guy yeah but i would say i want it to look like this and do that you know and that was a lot of fun so i had to leave the portugal event at the morning because i had to help design the, the crystal soya class uh angel and the rocky angel <laughs> and so they made me leave right before the final game oh jeez, i was so bummed out we won. We won the tournament. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to play the last game. Is is that where you guys started having – I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, Is that where you guys started having uh, a lot of success was overseas at first, or was it in um, was it in no, the U.S.? It was, actually, it was actually in the States, yeah. It was in the States. I mean, uh, uh, I don't even remember what year. I, I guess it was 99. 99, we won the first event. That was Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we won the second event. And oh, I can't even remember. What, oh, Dallas. We won the second event. There was a kind of a tornado freak out at that tournament. We were idiots. We jumped in the back of a the back back then. Uh, GI was called Diablo, so we right. jumped in the back of a Diablo truck during a tornado freak out. What a bunch of idiots! Oh my God. <laughs> That's like the worst place you could be is a trailer. I know, I know, I know. But we were stupid. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the third event was Chicago and we reffed it, you know, and back then you got right. points for reffing first place points for reffing. So we reffed Chicago cause we knew we wouldn't do it all there. Mm-hmm. back then. You know, we were the first team to break that top three, you know, aftershock uh, uh, all Americans and Ironman, they always were the top three. They won, you know, one of those teams always won. Right. We were the first team to really break that. 
and win an event, which was Vegas. Then we won Dallas. Then we ref Chicago. And back then, Rennick and I, you know, Avalanche and Aftershock were kind of like, we didn't like each other. Right. So, better to ref. So we refed. And then uh, we took uh, third in Boston. And we took second at the Cup when we won the series. But, you know, it was also the same year later that year that we started going to Europe. And I don't ever remember losing when we went to Europe. I mean, we just won. Yeah. We won and won and won. And that one year, I think we won every event. Now, I could be wrong because I didn't go to every event. Yeah. And the guys might have just said, yeah, we won. (laughs) And I believed it. (laughs) Which is possible. I was told we won every event. <laughs> so, and I did go to a lot. Of, I think I went to four out of the seven, and we won all four of those. We won Toulouse. We won um, England. We won, you know, we just won everything. Now, at this point in time, so it was, was it was it was it Cagnoni, Lasoya, Nop, Rabikov, yeah. Richardson? Yeah. Was it, uh, let's see, Fow? Um, yeah. Lemansky. Lemansky, uh, yeah. Uh, Sean Ellis was on the team. Sean Ellis, yep. Saul was on the team. Um, but, you know, that was the European team. The team, when we won uh, when we won the first series, you know, and were world champions for the MPBL back then, it was a different team. You know, I mean, it was, it was a little bit different. It was Dan Bonebreak from Oregon. And I had two guys, uh, the Hanson twins from Oregon, too. Hmm. And... Uh, you know, it was a little bit different. I mean, we had, uh, uh, it was John Richardson. He was there and saw him and not. Yeah. But yeah, it was a little bit different team. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, we had some different guys, but you know, I mean, it's like I said, in any sports team, you change. And, uh, yeah, we picked up Lebanski from image and later on, uh, LB foul from image also. Yeah. But that was like three, three events later. Um, you know, so everything changes. You know, I mean, that's the way paintball is. It's so, yeah, right. It's always a constant. I feel like it's it's always like a two-year cycle uh, with with paintball, with technology, teams, community in general. Um, now, oh, yeah. when when did it go from from that core group of guys to uh, the? I think it was the cap guys like like Baines, Takamoto, yeah, like, Tilljack. Like the cap. It wasn't the cat guys right away. It was, uh, you know, I mean, we had we had our incident right, right at the cup, and we got disqualified. And you know, everybody knows that story. So, did I you know? know? Really? <laughs> did you know about it? Huh? Of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did I want it to happen? No. I begged for it not to happen. Yeah. And and I'm sure there are people that will say, "Oh, that's bullshit." I begged for that not to happen. I don't understand what that the benefit my, would have been. I, I don't. There was I, no benefit. We had yeah. never lost to those guys. Ever. Yeah, especially that game because it was a ground never. zero gold or something. Gold. Yes, they weren't the good ground zero. <laughs> they were the weak ground zero, who we used to beat up on all the time. Mm-hmm. And the good ground zero, you know, we used to handle most of the time back then. They got better. Right. And I'm not kidding you. They got better. But you know, I, I wasn't worried about losing to them. Um, it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. And uh, it got taken too far. And um, I begged right before it happened to not do it. 
Um, but unfortunately, it happened. Yeah. You know, and I, I got told it was fate. It was fate. I feel like it was my biggest. Uh, that was my biggest mistake as as aval as an avalanche leader. I should have stopped. I should have went on the field and said, no, we're not playing this game. But I didn't. Um, I, I guess I was more worried about team chemistry. And there were guys on the right. team that were all for it. There were plenty of guys on the team that had no clue. Because if they did know, they wouldn't have played the game. Right, right. Um, so, you know, and I love all those guys. I love the guys that knew it was going to happen. And I love the guys that didn't. Which I, all, I could understand your conundrum at that point. Of, yeah, so they're all really my brothers. They're all my brothers, you know. Right. But then we had to then we had to lie about it, which was, you know, to me lying is like the worst thing you can do, and I had to lie, and I just felt mm -hmm. ashamed for a long time. But uh, Jeremy took most of the heat because he did the rotten thing, and uh, that team fell apart. So the next year, you know, I uh, I actually thought that I was going to pick up Greg Pauly. And, uh, but I also picked up Glenn Forrester and Glenn was not about Paul, you know, he's like, no, hmm. you don't want him. Yeah. But he wanted all, all of his warped kids. And that team did not gel, gel as like we should. They weren't as, they weren't near talented as they needed to be to play in that pro, pro league. We went to Europe. We played in the MPPL. Yeah. We did not, that was the first year of the, uh, NXL. And we didn't play in the NXL. We just played in the Super 7, and we played it at Millennium stuff. Was this 2003? And whatever. You got me. I'm terrible <laughs> with dates. But, but you know, we uh, we weren't that great. We did we did make, uh, you know, top four a couple of times, but mm -hmm. we weren't a good enough team. It was obvious to me that we weren't a good enough team. Yeah. And so, but we were practicing out in Southern California all the time, and um, you were playing against the Cap Kids, and, you know, I just started talking to them more and more. And before, before long, Dave and I were, you know, like this. And I was like, right. okay, Dave, you know, time for you to step up. You're ready to go pro and bring the team with you. And he was like, yeah, sure. So, yeah, that's when Capalanche kind of came about. And, yeah, they, they were awesome. You know, Danny came along, um, you know, Danny Tiljack from Chicago. And, yep. and you know, Brian Mayo and. And you and, and a lot of other guys, you know. So well, I did. I wasn't. Audience. I wasn't in that group. I wasn't no, in the were, group. You were more of the St. Louis guys, you know. Yes, so. which which I have questions about that too, uh, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, that wasn't. I I didn't come over until two thousand seven. Well, I had two years with the Cap guys, um, mm -hmm. and they were good years. We won a lot of shit. And, oh yeah. Well, you know, I can't, we we did. We won a lot of stuff, but we also, you know, the first tournament we played with them going from amateur to pro, we took second to Dynasty. And that was a, a PSB event, LA. Yes. And then we played Huntington yep. Beach, you know, I think it was one of the other ones, you know, back to back. And we played the Super 7 and we took second to Dynasty. So two, two events in a row, we took second. Then we went to Germany and we took second to Dynasty. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, didn't matter what continent we were playing on, what city, we were taking second to Dynasty, but it was quite a testament to how good those guys were going from, you know, amateur to pro and being the second best team in the world yeah. instantly, you know. And, you know, we were also playing with 
enemies, which was you know really tough because it was a imitation intimidator, and it didn't work that well. I so, thought you guys were using intimidators. Oh, uh, we did the first year. That, that that first year, I just said use anything you want as long as it's dark. Uh, so I had guys, gotcha. I had these guys using dark angels, dark timmies, yep. you know, dark shockers, whatever. And the next year, we went for the big money sponsorship with uh, System X. And so we had to shoot their gun. It didn't shoot as good. But, but you know, those guys are really good. And uh, I was hoping to, you know, stay with those guys. But uh, Dave and I had a party of the ways. He went to Excessive, took Glenn with him. Glenn talked about him. Oh, that's and, right. And, uh, you know, they went. And uh, Roy ended up, ended up going, uh, you know, Cowboy Roy. And so, you know, the team kind of fell apart. And I had to reinvent it again. And yeah. that's when... You know, we, we went with uh, some far side guys, and and Polly became our coach. Um, you know, and, and he's a good coach. Kids yeah. got the skills. Knows what know. he's doing. Um, he knows what he's doing, and, and you know he helped. Uh, but that was tough because those guys weren't quite ready to be. It was kind of like going back to the work kids. They weren't quite as talented as they needed to be to compete with the big guys. Mm-hmm. And. So that was a little hard. So I had to start searching around, and we found the Voltage Kids in Chicago, same city, um, the following year. Uh, that's kind of when you came around. Yeah. You know, we got you. We had all those kids from Voltage who were an amateur team, too. But they were ready. And we had Danny Tiljack and Brandon Mayo, and, and we had Roger Hen from Mississippi, and, you know, because uh, Gerwin's yep. one of my best. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's uh, it was fun, you know. I mean, every every iteration of Avalanche was always a joy. Even the teams that weren't, uh, you know, as successful as other teams. I mean, yeah. I think that was the year that that we won uh, the Open Class Division. You were on that team, weren't you? Yep. We won yep. the Open Class Division, and uh, we didn't win the Pro Division because you had to be a franchise team, and I wasn't yeah. about to do that. Yeah, um, man, we had. Uh... I got on the team. Well, first, before I get into it, I just want to—I th- want to thank you. Um, For—I don't know if I've—if I've done this because you know when I first got on the team, I was—you I, know—I was this young, twenty-something, mid-twenties, early-twenties kid who um, was kind of really searching for himself and where he was in the sport and everything. And you know, I was on a team that was just getting kind of falling apart. It seemed like uh, with excessive and. I wanted to thank you for giving me an opportunity uh, and and having me feel like a true professional um, that was actually getting paid to play. Not not even just that, but the way you the way you treated me, the way you treated the team, everything was just was was so professional and so fun, and um, I, I'm just so so very fortunate because I'll, I'll i'll say it till i die um until i stop playing is that avalanche was some of the best times that i've ever had playing uh the game it's itself and you know playing in that jersey was was amazing and the group guys that we had and yourself and paulie and and just everybody i think the the work ethic the youth the the enthusiasm for the game all clicked i mean we we didn't win everything but you know, we were competitive. Well, I think we did that year. We won everything. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we we won. Yeah, but we also we took a lot of everything. we took a lot of second places too. And yes, um, we did. 
And the MP, well, I, but in the, the EDEC, well, in the other league, PSP, in that open class division, we won every event. Yeah, we were we, we were pretty mean. We were. We, we started were, out number one and we finished number one. Yeah, so it was. That was, it was a, a good fun year. year. It was a really fun year. And you know what, Carl, you you told me thank you plenty of times. I remember when I first met you uh, in an elevator with your mom and dad. Really. You were for tip and yeah, you were playing for tip and effect, and you were thankful then just to say hi. <laughs> so <laughs> I do um, not remember that. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was an elevator. You were playing for tip and effect, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I have always prided myself in them. I'm a pretty good judge of talent, and you know, um, you know, I, I, I love all my guys. You know, I mean, they, they all gave me everything they had. Sometimes I wanted to kick them, you know, because <laughs> we didn't execute the way I wanted to. Yeah, but and sometimes I was just as bad as the guys. I remember going to events and you know uh staying out too late partying with the guys because we were a fun team we yeah. were a fun team yes and we i had a good time there was also another thing i wanted to bring up that i, I don't think i don't know if we've ever talked about it um but there there the, the kind of falling out that, that i had with the team and with you in 2008 um i know that and i, I don't know if you remember but it was about uh it was between planet eclipse and the whole like hater board thing yeah, yeah yeah so okay so i want to tell you first off i don't know if you know but i never had a hater board in my gun one i never and even for the ad that was even placed i never had a hater board in my halo the only reason i did that ad was because it was a good friend of mine and and yeah. i just i told him i would do the ad so i never even yeah I, I never even shot a hater board or anything like that. Everything was still stock in my loader or in, in everything actually. And, but you know, the, the problem with that is, is it really doesn't matter. You know, I mean, right. Um, right. Sp but I, sponsors are funny. You know, I mean, they're kicking down. Oh, and, dude. It was, I, I didn't realize at the time. They were kicking down. Yeah. I was just, I was, I know that I was a young punk kid, you know, so I'm sure my, my ego and everything got, uh, got to my head. And I didn't sit down and actually thoroughly think it out. And I thought I was doing a favor for the, you know, for the friend. But then I was also kind of screwing myself as far as like, and the team itself, sponsor wise. And I just wanted, you know, I just want to apologize for that whole situation that you went down. You don't have to apologize. I mean, that, I, you know, I know, I mean, but it was just shit. Everybody was... learned. Every, you know, the, the thing about the whole thing is everybody learned from it, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, you have to be good to your sponsors when they're taking care of you. Um, and, and they don't take care of people the way they used to. Right. At least I don't think they do. Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm not involved anymore. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, back then they, they took care of us. Uh, you know, I I lived during the golden age of Bayball when everything was taken care of. Yeah, yeah. we weren't given uh, too much of a salary, but we sure didn't have to worry about anything. And, and players took advantage of it. You know, I mean, it's it's normal human behavior. Well, I know, but the reason uh, I feel like shit about it is because when the whole 2008 thing happened and the bubble burst and, you know, the money kind of started to to squander, um, you and, and, and you and I remember you telling us that, you know, the paychecks were going to stop. And um, but the reason I admire you so much is because you stepped up and you said, I know that I know that you guys were relying on those. Uh, at the time, because it was it was my only income at the time. I but, know, but you I know. you stepping up and saying, "Hey, but instead, I'm going to make you guys some barrels that you can sell." I know, and, which I, know. I, I I 
it, it was just an awesome thing to do, and it just shows your well, character you and everything. H two K, and so. I still, yeah, I still have one. I have one that's yeah. not like finished or anodized for some reason. It's still like it's it's honed out, I think, but I still have one that's uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you had a brand, you know, and, and we had to create a brand for, for Danny and for Brandon, too, you know, and um, but you already had a, a, a brand. So, you know, I mean, and, and I'm all about my players, but, you know, I mean, we did. We made mistakes. We, we should never um, and no team should. You know, I mean, players want to, you know, I had the same problem with the cap guys because they wanted to go with contract killer. I want to be oh, a contract. Yeah. I want to be a contract killer. <laughs> Well, dude, that doesn't work with our sponsorship, you mm -hmm. know, but, you know, they they wanted to do it. And, you know, it, the, the whole sport kind of suffered because of it, because sponsors after a while finally said, hey, man, if you guys want to do your own thing, fine, do your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You, know, you want to get these little companies involved and they're going to take care of you. OK, let them take care of you. But we're not taking care of the team and we're not taking care of you and. Yeah, so, you know, it, it hurt, but, uh, but you know, I got to say, too, you know, I mean, it, was, it wasn't long after that that I was about done anyway, you know, I mean, yeah. I had my fun. Uh, I wasn't playing anymore, and I, I guarantee anybody that tells you that coaching is as fun as playing is lying. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had a lot more fun winning France, uh, you know, at oh, Toulouse yeah. than I ever did coaching. And uh, winning uh, Gettysburg, oh yeah, that's right. Winning Vegas, winning Dallas, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever event we won, it was way more fun to coach. And uh, you know, so I I had my time doing that, and you know, and then I got I got to help my kid's team out for a while, but Alex, I got right? Tired of that yeah, 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 Alex. Yeah, I got tired of that too. You know, I mean, that, that, uh, it uh, is he still just, playing? Uh, he plays locally, you know. He just started playing. Um, yeah. He's got three kids of his own. So, oh wow! You know, he's got. Uh, I've got three grandkids with with Al. Uh, uh, Ray is uh, ten year or eight years old. Bo is uh, four years old, and Mia is just turned one. Mm. And so, oh, he's a daddy, you know, and he's yeah. got uh, responsibilities. He's also got his own business now, so he's got a, a, a business. That, is growing so he's doing that thing and his wife's got her own business and so you know i mean things are going good for him so it, yeah. it's uh he started playing again a little bit and he's playing with the local warped army team which is kind of fun I, they come out and practice in our field every weekend <laughs> they're d4 so yeah. you know i mean it, it's not quite the same as when i was playing but it's still fun. and painful. i get to play with those guys once yeah I get to play with. I played with them this weekend. I had some good games. That's bad. <laughs> so, are you making anything? Um, you know, I, I know you had the paintball field, but are you are you making anything um, nope. warp sports wise? Nah, nah, I'm I'm really happy. You know, just running the park. Yeah, it's warp sports adventure park. We've got six fields, uh, three are concept fields. We have an airball, you know, an XL field. Mm -hmm. We have a hyperball field, and we have the Alamo field, which everybody loves. Because it's the Alamo. Yeah. And uh, then we've got Woods Ball Fields. And so, you know, I enjoy doing that. I, it's mainly birthday parties, bachelor parties, stuff like that. Uh, it's great hanging out with kids, uh, you know, watching them shoot the crap out of each other, having a good time. Yeah. We're really laid back. 
We have uh, we don't have referees. We only have hosts. So nobody tells you you're out. If you want to cheat? Go right ahead. It's fine by us. You know, cheat all you want. Uh, the paint kind of gives you away, but you know yeah. if you want to walk off the field with eight hits on you and tell everybody you won, uh, they're gonna look at you funny. But right. yeah, so we uh, we uh, I enjoy that. Um, I love the the young kids groups. You know, eight year old, ten year old kids. They're right. And they have a blast. And it's just fun introducing the sport to people that haven't played. So, yeah, you know, I keep, I keep busy doing that. I got out of all the manufacturing. That stuff was such a hassle anyway. You know, I have to have a million employees and my God, machines right. and a big warehouse and you know, all that stuff. I don't have to have any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just a lot happier. So, do you still uh, have any it. of your old markers, your old warp stuff? Like your, any old warp uh, markers? Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff down in the basement that I don't shoot because I'm worried that if I do and it breaks, I won't be able to get parts. But... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm telling, like, I just uh, let's see. I, the whole mechanical thing is back, and I, I actually just I found I have I'll, I'll a uh, oh crap, I have a um, a 2007 Dynasty Shocker that I found parts for that I have that it's that's working now. And um, so I, I don't know, man. You might be able to find some parts for everything. Don't, don't so. break it. Don't break it. I'm, because well, you might not be able to buy more parts for it. That's the only problem. Yeah, I've got angels. I've got intimidate dark timmies, dark angels of several different versions. Uh, dark cocker. Uh, I don't have a dark impulse. Uh, uh, yeah, my dark shocker's piece of junk. But you know, I mean, I, I've got a bunch of stuff like that. But yeah, they're mainly wall hangers. Yeah. Quite honestly, I get into the mechanical stuff too. If I could find a team to play on, I'd probably play that stuff more often. If I send you, if place. I send you my uh, my emac body, can you turn that into a dark emac? No, I don't have any equipment anymore. I sold all that stuff. I'll send you an when engraver, and you can just engrave dark into it. Oh, just just I, put a jewel, I, I, put the jewel on. Uh huh. I'll tell you what. You go find somebody that's you know machine a circle into it, you know, and I'll send you a jewel. And you can put it on. Ooh. But yeah, I I do not enjoy. You know, that, that stuff was, uh, you know, it was all part of the business. But, yeah, I'm so happy to be out of it. And all that stuff got got sold by, sold out to Rolf Fowler with Violet. Yeah. They were making triggers. He wanted to own the whole company, and I said, fine. You can own the whole company. So that's where it went. Yeah. And then he turned into a different kind of company. I, you know, he kept the function name uh, for the Oh, LLC. yeah, that, that, was the, that was the accessories. Uh, yeah division yeah, function and uh and, and he quit doing the triggers you know and he started doing stuff for um, all kinds of other you know, cameras um, real guns uh you mm-hmm. know making stuff all kinds of stuff. he's been extremely successful yeah um, i saw he's driving a new lamborghini so oh jeez he must be, he's doing something he must right. be doing, yeah <laughs> uh, not that i would want a lamborghini i can care less yeah. but uh, but you know he's doing really well so i'm happy for him um, and I'm happy for me that I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it really sounds like you're in, you know, like you're in a good place to where you know it went. It went from you know, just involving yourself in the sport and with players and like in in during really great times of of the sport itself. And um, you know, to to be where you are with the field and just kind of seeing new players come in and. Do you have any opinion, kind of, on 
uh, or even if you see uh, the new generation of tournament players, um, what's your what's your take on it if you have one? Well, you know, I, I haven't been to a, a national event, you know, or an international event in a long time. So I can't really tell you what's going on. Yeah. I really don't know. I do occasionally go to a regional event, and, you know, and they remind me of the old regional events. They're always complaining, you know, if you win, you win. If you lose, well, it's always somebody else's win. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Sounds right. whatever, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, whatever. So um, it's hard for me to really say. I, I see that uh, in the regional stuff, you know, it's it's like what what, you know, we always said about it. You know, I mean, there's guys that have been playing forever. They're still playing D4, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sandbag. I mean, they should have moved up if, yeah. if they really play, you know. So I don't know, you know, I mean, like I said, my guys are all D4 now. They played D5 last year. They were forced to move up to D4 this year. Um, I don't think half of them are ready, but, you know, who knows? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, as far as the sport itself, it seems it seems like uh, we're running into a little bit of tough times right now. I mean, I see that Tom Cole came out and said something about, you know, I'm so sorry that I gave you such a horrible event for this oh, weekend's man. event. Yeah, I did you did you see no. the the well the yeah I, 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 I wouldn't I call it grass I would call I it the playing the playing yeah. surface the surface yeah it looked kind of like a, like a cornfield you know I mean except man. for you know it, it, yeah it looks rough you know and uh, and it just it just shows me we have not come very far I mean we should have by now yeah we should have. But we didn't, uh, and, and I don't know why. And I know that, you know, I see guys, uh, you know, it seems like a couple of my old friends that played for other teams, and one of them that played for my team, are just hating on each other right now. They're like, oh, get over it, you know, it's fine. And then the other one's like, this sucks, you know. So I don't know, they, you know. They, yeah. I understand what, uh, what the – uh, paying players are saying. I mean, they mm-hmm. should not have to play event and pay that much to play, you know, on a substandard at a substandard event. And so, you know, do I feel for Tom? I don't know. You know, I've known Tom Cole since God, since the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the NXL when it first started after the PSP died, they came out gangbusters. But it seems like it's just a pattern. Like they start out good. I remember when the PSP first started. Came out like gangbusters. The MPPL, you know, we had Huntington Beach, you know. But at some point, they all start to fall off, mm-hmm. and I don't even, you know, I mean, and, and that's sad. That's really sad, you know, yeah. because we should be great venues, the way I look at it, for the amount of money that teams pay. Right. Um, and we should have great prizes, and and the prizes have gotten less than than when I played, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, you know, everybody else seems to be getting richer. Uh, I don't know why payball players aren't, but, um, but you know, it's tough. It's a tough thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I just don't know what the direction is. Um, and, and maybe it's just that, you know, um, they don't have the right people in place. But I don't know who the right people are. Right. You know, if they asked me to do it, I'd say, no, sorry, I got other things to do. So, you know, it's not like I'm offering. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you think it's because we we're still relying on internal, um, internal uh, substance? Like we're still relying on the 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 
the uh, companies the, within the sport itself to keep sure, the sport sure. going. You know, that, that, yeah, that's part of it. And we don't have magazines anymore. So, you know, the print is dead. Everything's on the Internet. Uh, right. When we had magazines, at least they had someplace to advertise. Now it's, it's totally different. Facebook sucks. Uh, you know, there's just so many bad things, you know, in the world right now. Social media is a problem. Um, I, don't, I don't think it does a lot of good for anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm on it, you know. So I'm just as guilty as everybody else uh, for being on there. And every once in a while, talking a little smack. But quite honestly, it's, it's a bad thing. You know, it's not good. It's not good for the sport. And yes, we, we had our opportunities. We had our chances to get away from just sucking off of the industry. Uh, you know, we had a, at one point, you know, we had ESPN. Everything was going to happen. And we could have got some big name sponsors. Because yeah. ESPN was going to pay for it. They were going to put us on TV, and we didn't have to come up with sponsors to or the advertisers. Yeah. Um, which meant that they would. They were going to come up with the advertisers. Well, if they brought in Coca-Cola, maybe we would have had a team that got sponsored by Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. If they would have brought in Nike, maybe we would have had some real Nike sponsorship. Now, yeah. I see some guys are wearing Nikes now, and they say they're sponsored. Not quite sure if it's the same as a football team, yeah. but whatever, you know, I mean, we could have had right guard, you know, I mean, what paintball player doesn't need deodorant? <laughs> I'm sure you probably had some smelly players during your, uh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, Who was Sean the most was... out of control player that you've, that you've had to manage? Oh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all different, you know? My favorite players were, you know, all, all the guys that I played with. You know, you know, I got I got the guys that I love the most. Rocky, you know, I'll, I'll die with him being one of my best friends of all time. How did you? How did that happen? How did that come about? How did Rocky come on to Avalanche? He played with. He was playing with Nemesis, um, and it was our first event as Avalanche. Mm-hmm. But we decided to ref the five man in San Diego that year. And so I was down there reffing, and I saw a nemesis playing in the five man. I was like, this little shit's good. And I, he could curl, curl up in a ball, and nobody could find him, you know. And he's yeah. really good. He's good here, you know. And so, Did he have the crazy hair yeah. hanging out and everything? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he had, back then he had this, like, this kid and play thing. It was like this huge, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> kind of like mohawk thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, he's, he, he was uh, a nice kid, and I knew Ronnie. You know, I knew everybody in, in, that owned an amateur team, and Nemesis was an amateur team. And so were we at the time. So, But I talked to Rocky at that event, and it wasn't long after that that I talked him out of, you know, playing for them and playing for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was kind of kind of, kind of of my thing, you know. I mean, recruit. Recruit better players. Yeah. Get them on your team. And, uh, yeah, Rocky came over to us. And, you know, I remember talking to his mom, yeah, you know, because, you know, he's on a Florida team. Now he's playing for a team that's, kind of still based out of Colorado and uh, he moved up here to Nebraska and worked for me and his mom was like you take care of my little Rocky and I was like <laughs> oh, well. so, and I love his mom Clara is the, one of the sweetest women in the world so. yeah I love his dad too Big Tone was awesome so you know I mean Rocky was you know he's, he's one of my best friends uh, Weasel awesome player I you know I love Travis uh, you know there were so many guys on that team that I just adored. John Richardson, my God. Yeah. You know, I mean, what a good player. And I remember, you know, when we were winning Dallas 
uh, you know, it was just me and John left on the field against uh, Ground Zero. And uh, there were two of them, and they were both in back corners, and we're up on the 50. And it's an air ball field back when they had what they called a rocket, which was a bunker in the center of the field that was, you know, you could put your arms around it to hug it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was, you know, and I was like, this sucks. I hate this month. And John was in this big car wash and, and I was out of air, you know, I was out of air and because I'm a back player, you know, so I've been shooting my gun the whole game and mm-hmm. that's down to two on two. And he's like, uh, you know, he's like, can you do anything? And I'm like, I can lob him at that, you know, the back right corner. That's all I could do. I got, I got to lob him, John. And he goes, you lob him at the back right corner. I'll take care of everything else. And John did. <laughs> he went down the Creep down the field, shot back left, and then shot back right. And I was like, yay, we went. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved Richards because, you know, I mean, the greatest thing about John was that he was so laid back that all I had to do is make sure he had McDonald's and a bed. <laughs> no drama, no nothing. No. Just McDonald's and a bed. And, and, and paintball and in the morning. You know, I think right? I think that kind of stuck with him all the way until the end. Oh, was yeah. just McDonald's yeah, and that's John. That's that's Johnny. You know, I mean, I don't know what he's like today because I don't see him. You know, but uh, but yeah, you know, that was John. He was pretty laid back. So. Yeah, man, he was. And Nop, Nop was so much fun. You know, I mean, there were just so many guys. Sean Ellis, I love that kid. Uh, you know, I just you know I adored all of them. So you know, it's hard to. Uh, you know, me and Lasoya, we had our battles. I still, you know, in a way, love Chris. Don't like him very much most of the time, but I still love him. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, we, we had a family, you know, for a mm-hmm. long time. I kind of got booted from that family. They divorced me. But uh, uh, I still care about him. So. How so? And, you know, huh? How did I get divorced from him? Yeah. Well, after the whole Psalm thing, Oh, you know, yeah. the team blew up. The team blew up. Most of them became Miami effect. Yes. And uh, I kept Sean Ellis and Weasel. And uh, that's when I went with Glenn Forrester and his warped kids. Mm-hmm. And that team, that team just wasn't good enough. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't Avalanche standards. Uh, we played our best, but it wasn't good enough. So it was tough. So what what advice um, what advice do you have for maybe coaches or owners that uh, that are listening on creating a a well-rounded talented team that you know you kind of groom for success? I mean, what advice do you have for somebody like that? Well, you know, I, I really don't know if I have any advice. I mean, you know, like I said, I always thought I was a good judge of talent. Um, when I started picking up guys like Ravikoff and, and Song and all those guys, they were all leaders on their team. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took those teams' leaders, you know, and, and yeah, those so teams. So you're just a cherry hard. picker. You just yes. go around cherry picking guys. The, 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 <laughs> the thing is that back back when I started doing it, the only teams that cherry picked were those top three: Aftershock, the All Americans, and uh, the Army. Yeah. So they were all the cherry pickers, and they were trying to cherry pick us. I remember them talking to me and Lasoya, and you know, trying to get us to, you know, I, and, and if we would have, Avalanche would have never been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what I'd say is, is if you got a, if you got a group of guys, core group, kind of like Dynasty did, you know, and they grind all the time and they practice all the time and they're good, 
you know, which is the hard part of any team is getting them to, to play enough. Yeah. Because Together. they're not going to get good. If, if they don't play enough, they're not going to get good. Right. And, but if they, if you got a core group of guys, then you start looking around and, and, and you start to find pieces that will make that team better. But they still have to fit in with that team. Chemistry is so important. Yeah. If the guys don't like the guy, you know, I mean, I, I can't remember. Oh, Damian Ryan. You know, Damian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to pick up Damian. You know, back when we were all, when you were on the team, and but there were too many guys on the team that just didn't like him. Yeah. And it would have been so, it would have been counterproductive to pick him up, even though I thought he was an awesome player, and and he is an awesome. Player. Yeah. Um, but, but chemistry but is everything. Worked. Yeah, chemistry is everything. It wouldn't have worked. You know, when you were playing with Excessive, they had chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. All winning teams have good chemistry. Dynasty had great chemistry for years and years and years. They still do. You know, I mean, it's hard. Um, you know, but the top teams do it. You know, they, they, they get good talent that work well together, and they don't hate each other. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing, you know, I mean. I don't know. I yeah, think I, that formula. I don't know if, if Avalanche really went by that. For, I thought like half of the team hated themselves. You know, the other half of the team, and it just worked uh, somehow. I don't know. I thought we all liked each other quite a bit. You know, when we got Frank on the team, then guys were like, "I don't know about Frank." <laughs> Frank is yeah. <laughs> Frank was definitely he was. I always describe him as one of those guys to where he has a wild personality, but does yeah. his job on the field very well. And no. but awesome, but, yeah. Off the field, it's like fifty-fifty. I know, yeah, you know, and I love Frank. Um, but but I've known Frank forever. I knew him back before he ever played for you know me. Before he played for the All Americans, back yeah. when he was playing for Jacksonville Warriors. You know, I got him disqualified from a couple of them because he was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just always doing stupid stuff, and I was like, okay, yeah. Frank, you're an idiot. Bye. <laughs> you're disqualified. <laughs> so, but but I always knew he was a great player, you know. And yeah. you know, he's always that last guy in the game that you still had a hard time killing because you know it might be four on one, but damn, Frank could shoot one of you, and you know, it got harder. So he's pretty but, nimble yeah, for he, a for a you know a guy his size. He was pretty pretty nimble. Yeah, well, I I uh, I have a special heart uh, spot in my heart for Frank. You know, I always thought, you know, I mean, the, the kid, he, he reminded me of that kid that, you know, you know, you hear about somebody that can lift a bus because they're just crazy stupid. <laughs> well, that's Frank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody in, in need. Oh, there's somebody under the bus. Frank could go over there and lift the bus, you know, yep. who knows how he did it, but he did it, you know, so. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many guys that I just adore, you know, in paintball. I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to Alex Frazier and uh, Oliver. They sent me a new headband. Yeah. Uh, put my name on it. It was really cool. How cool is that? That was, that was pretty cool. I mean, the the coolest thing was the note that they sent with me. You know, and right? It was really nice. So it made me feel good. Well, it's, <laughs> man, it's it's so much more for me. Obviously, they're they're cool headbands, but for me. What I think is is cool about it is that you have two guys who are absolute legends in the game, who are just putting out this this respectable. Um, uh, you, man, it's so it's it's tough to say, but it's like it's th- this adoration, this like 
camaraderie and respect. No, it's like an homage to the sport. An homage, exactly, to to you all know, these and... people that have changed the game and and also influenced them on a lot of yeah. levels too. And it's it, it's an amazing. It's, it's... The backstory is amazing. Oh yeah, it's like respect, you know. And yeah, God, I I respect the hell out of those guys. I mean, my God, they're the winningest team ever to play the game. Mm-hmm. And those two players are the biggest, probably, you know, the two most influential besides Greenspan. Those three guys were just hugely yep. influential on on this sport and that team. And uh, yeah, I have nothing but respect for them. And it's really awesome to see that they, you know, they return that to some of us old guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the product is great, but I mean, the the for me, what's even greater is the you know what powers it. Um, the meaning behind it, I think, is, oh, yeah. is so cool. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's cool. I, I, I worry about the NXL. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, as far as, you know, giving advice to coaches, you know, mm-hmm. you just got to follow your heart and, and do the right thing, you know. I mean, you got to remember everybody's different. Um, some guys you can yell at, you know, when they screw up. Some guys you can't. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, yeah. You know, I used to, uh, one time I thought you got to treat them all the same. Now you can't, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Some guys are going to curl up and, into a ball if you yell at them and say, hey man, you suck, what are you doing? Um, you got to do it this way. Uh, they'll freeze, so you have to treat people, you got to know them. You got you to get inside and know each one of those guys on that team and then uh, treat them accordingly. Some guys actually do play better if you yell at them. Hey man, what's the matter with you? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you should do the, you know, the Mike Hinman whack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's produced some amazing players, but I'm sure it's also kind of, oh, yeah. you know, deferred others. I just get whack back. So, uh, <laughs> well, I think it's, but, you know, no. you making a point of that, I, th- I, I think it's the same thing as, um, obviously, owning a team or coaching a team is not easy just for the simple fact of that you just stated, but also because, it's it's like if you're treating everybody the same, it's also like asking all your players to be able to play every single position on the field and be just as equally good as somebody who plays that on a normal basis. And and you're supposed to just be like, be as good as that guy in that position. That's that's what it's like. And, and it's just like you said, you have to be able to a, a good at least a good coach and a good owner can understand the players that they have and be able to assess them and as an individual to be able to get them to perform at the high level that they're playing at. Well, yeah, I truly I kind of believe that. Like, you know, you, you can tell, you know, what a guy's strengths and his weaknesses are. And yeah. Don't make him do stuff that sucks at, you know, because I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's tough. Make him do the stuff, you know, have him do the stuff that he's really good at. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we all have our own our own issues too, you know. People have problems. So, mm-hmm. You know, you got a player that's got a you know it's got an issue, you know, at home. You gotta you know you know you gotta take that in consideration, you know. And I don't know, you know. I mean, like I said, if, if you really uh, you want to be successful, you got to know your players. Just know them and care about them, and you know, hopefully that will help you succeed. Right. Yeah, I, know, mean, I, I know. I know it's tough. The t- the tough part is going. Sorry, dude. You know, you played good this year, but I got somebody else coming mm-hmm. in. Take your spot. Yeah, that's man. hard, dude. That's got, really that's got to be tough. And I'm I'm sure, probably trying to handle myself, um, was a little difficult because I was a I was a 
at least I felt I was a pretty emotional player too because I just I always tried to leave everything on the line, and I, I I I tried to, and I I could get heated at times. I can get emotional at times, but I mean that was that was my life, and and yeah, I, I know. you know and I I I invested so much time and energy and and everything into it and um you know i i had a great time man and avalanche is is one is definitely cemented in my uh in my paintball bank and uh i i I miss it i i i think you're just amazing for the sport of paintball i don't think it would be where it is without you and you're just an overall you know great guy and i think uh you know i thank I you appreciate thoroughly it. Um, but you know that's part of what i always try to be you know just be mm. as good a guy as you can be i can be an ass too <laughs> <laughs> oh i know i, I want to ask can. you i, I want to ask you why st louis avalanche uh well you know i mean uh i think that was drew templeton remember drew when he's playing down there mm-hmm. you know, he's living down there yeah and uh we could have been Chicago, but Chicago already had aftershock. I so, thought Carney yeah. Avalanche was. Uh... Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think that would work. Uh, <laughs> Saint Louis, like, where yeah, the hell is Carney? What do you? Which amazes me. St. Louis is not that big a city. You know, it's not huge. It's a, it's a fairly small city compared to to a lot of them. Was there ever a pro team out of St. Louis besides us? Uh no, not that I know. But you know, I mean, first and only. Uh, there were other pro teams. You know, other pro teams, the Rams. Uh, you know, they got they got all kinds of pro teams. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it, was, it was it was fun while it lasted, and you know, I have no regrets. Uh, that's a that's one really good thing I can say is I have no regrets. I I really enjoyed my entire time in professional paintball, whether I was playing or coaching. Uh, yeah, you know, couldn't be happier. You know, right now. I'm, great place i enjoy doing what i'm doing i'm being a happy old almost retired guy and, <laughs> you know raising grandkids watching them play baseball they're going to be playing paintball soon the way i look at it with me and al my son and uh, my three grandkids that are here in carney we got a five-man team mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> perfect yeah i just gotta wait for me to grow up i mean she's only one <laughs> yeah. and, and the only thing that sucks old... about that is we're all getting older at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well Ed, thank you, thank you so much, man, for you know taking a chunk out of your uh, out of your time and and sitting down and and really kind of opening it up with me and and reliving those days. And I, um, I I truly truly thank you for everything you did for me for those couple of years that we played together. And um, I really hope our paths cross sometime in the future, man. I'd I'd love to see you again. Well, me too. You know, I'd love to see everybody again. I don't know if I will because uh, times are different now. But I life is crazy. Again. It is crazy. You never know. We might get together. I don't know what's going to happen in the cup this year. I would love to go to the cup, but I don't even know where it's going to be. So. I know. You should go to ICC. Well, you know, I had somebody ask me that today, but I can't go if I'm not going to play. Yeah, well, maybe you can, maybe you can put in the team. Well, no, maybe you can't put in the team. No, I'm not going to put it in. The teams are already sold out. I, know, uh, I was going to think of that. I, 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 I got plenty of buddies that are playing, but, you know, they're already like, sorry, dude, teach ball. So, you know, hey, I get it, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's just not much fun going just to hang out. That's true. 
I know exactly I like how that feels. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, take care of yourself. And uh, you too. And yeah, thank you very much for everything. It's been a pleasure, bro. It's good talking to you. You too, man. Take uh, care. You have a good night. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Ed. It was it was great, man. It was great talking to you. It was great seeing you. It was so funny the entire time that we were having this conversation. Um, he he had this this old school webcam, and for some reason, it was like zooming in on his face, and then would randomly like zoom out, and then zoom in on other objects behind him. It was it was very distracting, but ultimately. Uh, the conversation was so much better than the malfunctions that we were having. But uh, but yeah, it was nonetheless. It was uh, it was great seeing him. It was great talking to him. Um, I, I like I said before, he's he's had a tremendous um, imprint on this game, and it was very cool to catch back up with him. And I, I really hope to see him again. Um, yeah, it was great. It was uh, it was very sweet and bittersweet man I, I miss all these people in the game you know all these these names and these legends and uh i can't wait to get out i'm hoping to get out to the uh the chicago nxl event uh when that comes around in september i believe and uh and yeah just see everybody so thank you everyone for listening very much appreciated please do not text and drive keep your eyes on the road and please listen to podcasts like this one. There's plenty of paintball ones out there. All great. Um, all informational. Informational? Educational? Intuitive? Um, and just entertaining. So uh, look it up. And please keep your eyes on the road. And we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace! <laughs>